everyone. Welcome to the FemFit Society podcast. I'm super excited. My guest today is a wonderful coach and advocate for kids fitness and so many things. Uh, Dr. Bree Davis-Shoemaker, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I know you have got like so much going on at the moment. I love seeing your socials because there's always just like something new every day and lots going on. But like, how are you doing? How are you? Yeah, doing good. Um, Street Parking just kind of launched our new vault series. So that's been kind of an exciting whirlwind. And, and yeah, um, other than that, I see patients uh, weekly, uh, primary pe- primarily pediatrics for occupational therapy. So it's kind of a mix of my street parking CrossFit world and then seeing patients. So yeah. I love that. And predominantly, of course, you are street parking kids coaches, kid, kids coach even. For anyone maybe out of the CrossFit industry or out of the fitness who doesn't know what street parking is, because it's because it's just growing and growing and growing. So I'm sure they've probably heard of it. But can you kind of explain to anyone who maybe doesn't know what it is? Yeah, so it's an online fitness community um, and it, there's an app for programming. And basically, it's a community where we push authenticity and like the real life. So um kind of our, some of our slogans are consistency is key, simple, not easy. So we really push the fact that sometimes it's not pretty and uh, that fitness can still be achieved no matter what stage you are in your life. And um, there's an awesome community around that online. And then the street parking staff, obviously at, at HQ with our, um, the leaders, Miranda and Julian, um, really just lead by example. And there's a lot of great resources on the app from mama's programs to, um, kind of what we have is like a barbell program, a dumbbell program, sandbag program to shift program. So there's something for everyone. Um, and yeah, it's unique and it's fun. Yeah, it's such an awesome thing. And as I say, it's just like continuously growing. I think even every time I kind of like look on their social media or something, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's new things happening. And it, it's just really cool. Um, you obviously run kind of, you coach their kids and you've got a lot to do. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but I would love to know kind of, about you like what's your background how did you get into the fitness industry so to speak yeah so um back when I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do for my career I wanted to be an athletic trainer at the time and then through kind of shadowing and volunteer hours I found out about occupational therapy um and while I was getting hours to get into school for that I was doing CrossFit personally Um, but then was volunteer coaching a wheelchair basketball team, a kid's wheelchair basketball team. And so that kind of sparked my like passion for, well, these kids don't have anything to really get them moving in general. And there's wasn't really a big adapt adaptive community. And, um, so through there I went and got my L1 and then ran across somebody who was on the CrossFit kids course and then ended up getting on the CrossFit kids seminar staff working for HQ and, um, then I got into doctorate school and ended up graduating there and did my thesis in movement with teachers and kind of how movement can help kids in the classrooms, not only learn better, but have better like holistic lives of physical and mental health. Um, and then, yeah, I wrote a few books and just, I can't get enough of it. And I just, uh, when I connected with street parking too, that was the next Avenue that I really wanted to get programming out there and get like tangible things for parents and teachers and coaches to use since there's really not too much out there right now. Um, And yeah, I guess my goal too is to just give kids access to not only have healthy, happy lives, but basically if we give it to our kids, seeing from our healthcare perspective of kind of the 
epidemics of health that even adults are going through. If we can start with kids, then hopefully that will carry on to our next generations mm. and we'll have a happier, healthier world that we live in. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And obviously like you were t- coaching on a, on the team and everything, but why did you, why do you think you were like drawn to working with kids? Because it's not for everyone. Like it can obviously, <laughs> I, I have so much respect for like coaches and teachers that teach children because you have to have so much patience and there's there's like a whole nother level to it right then it is coaching adults so what what drew you to that age group and that kind of industry yeah I mean I think just their attitudes and most all of them like they want to be happy and they want to be healthy and they want to have fun and I think that's the biggest thing that sometimes us adults forget in the fitness world is sometimes our fun looks different than their fun um, or our motivations and goals look different, but kids are just so special and genuine and they learn by example and um, obviously imitate what we do as adults. So seeing a lot of kids not have access to living these healthy lifestyles isn't necessarily like the adults around their, their, their fault. Mm -hmm. Um, But just the fact that they are, like little sponges and they can learn so much. I think that's so cool. And just to be able to have that responsibility as an adult is really scary, but also really cool to know that we can shape their lives. So basically being able to start from square one and just seeing the kids' attitudes and just genuine happiness and creativity and silliness. They're just, yeah, they're fun. (laughs) (laughs) They are. I was reading something, uh, I think just like in a book about how, in medicine like you see with like doctors and they're like kids bounce back so quickly and they have this just so much fight in them and so much determination and it's so lovely to see it across the board in so many ways like even with like as you say like with fitness and they just want to they want to be happy and healthy and it's do you kind of feel like you almost not to be depressing but like you almost want to get to them before the world gets to them do you feel like that a little yeah, bit yeah 100 percent a hundred percent. And I feel like it's our job as adults and being in the healthcare community and fitness community to not only educate them to hopefully like build up little street parkers or crossfitters and have them already leading a life of skills. That's going to have them not have to work on like preventative skills, right. And not have to work on already being diagnosed with something or already being in this unhealthy stage. And whether that's mental, mental health wise or physical health wise. Um, so yeah, I think getting them before not necessarily it's too late but so that way they can avoid kind of having to go through the whole battle and stuff themselves so and I suppose it's giving them the tools right and the skills to then when I say the world you know whatever it may be kind of gets to them that they they've got some an outlet to manage that to manage that as well yeah I think too in fitness the one of my huge um And it's come from kind of my CrossFit background and my background too in occupational therapy. And now it's street parking is for them, like fitness has to be fun. And so if it's fun for them, then they kind of want to keep doing it. And so if we can give them tools on how to move their bodies and how to move their bodies well, um, and give those tools to teachers and coaches and parents, um, then hopefully it's something that just becomes a habit and becomes a part of their daily skills. And especially too with, um, thinking about some populations to kind of shifting into the teenage years and stuff, really focusing on what your body can do for you, like your body, how it performs. And it's amazing. And I know a lot of times right now, especially with 
the amazing benefits of social media and connecting with people, but also there's a lot of downfalls of comparisons and body image and negative self-talk and all of these things that can bring kids down. So by building up this base of healthy habits where they can be, you know, do hard things and be confident and get through stuff, but also be proud of their themselves and their own bodies and how different they are and the way that they can perform or, you know, play different sports or do things in their daily lives is just going to set them up too for a better, uh, better world and especially the social media society we Mm -hmm. live in today too so (laughs) yeah definitely uh what were what were you like as a kid like was fitness a part of your life when you were when you were younger um so I we I am a triplet and we grew up on a farm um and so we were always really active um and always outside like we didn't have video games or computer games or really stuff like that like occasionally but we were really encouraged to go play outside and be active and then I grew up playing basketball up until college and so that was a huge part of my life um but something too that I kind of struggled with was I was overweight as a child um and so I think to having the insight that I would have now to like talk to little me just to be proud of my body and proud of even if I looked different than other kids that I could do certain things in basketball that were awesome that other kids didn't or that um, maybe even enjoying fitness or moving my body earlier to learn certain things that just would have helped me get more like fit and be able to move around better I think would have been awesome um, but yeah I think there was just a big shift too of like the generation that I grew up in of still maybe like our parents being in the fitness world that was just different than now where I feel like it's so prevalent and there's so many things and there's, you know, from street parking to going into gyms to orange chip theory, to Pelotons, to, to whatever. So, Mm. yeah, I think that too, thinking about my past is kind of what I'm want to give parents and kids and teachers now is what I wish maybe some of my teachers and coaches and stuff would have had back when I was little. So, yeah, yeah. there has, I think particularly, I actually almost think post-COVID there's been like a massive shift in and I was listening to a podcast the other day and there was a woman who said 10 years ago I'd take my kids in the gym and people would be like what are you doing like kids this isn't a place for kids whereas now it's something that is really encouraged and seeing like I never saw my mum exercise when I was a kid and I think oh how much that would have changed things for me and my view of exercise like do you think it's like how important do you think it is for kids to be exposed to it? Yeah, I mean, kids learn by shared attention and imitation. So um, kind of another qu- quote we have at Street Parking is, yeah, character is contagious. And so the more kids see people or their parents or caregivers or someone doing something, the more they're going to learn or at least pick it up. Maybe they might, might not do it right away, but for them to be able to have access to see it is how they're going to learn it and know it. So there's a lot of communities and maybe parents or teachers and kids who don't have access to it at all. And so hopefully by giving more um, accessibility to fitness, knowing too that you don't have to go to a gym, you don't have to pay for an expensive gym. You can literally do it with nothing in your living room. You could do it Mm -hmm. in your garage with your own setup. Um, And kind of to what you're saying about, uh, about COVID is I think there were some benefits to knowing like we can do stuff at home, but I think also coming out of COVID we've seen, especially in the healthcare world is I'll see a lot of kids come in and they're getting diagnosed with more movement pattern um, challenges and, and, and mental health things. And so because of COVID and kind of the lack of 
kids getting out there and doing things and maybe it was sports and stuff like that a lot of kids just aren't moving their bodies and they're developmentally skipping certain milestones and not knowing how to do things well and we're seeing obviously pre-covid a big increase in childhood obesity and um some of that has to do with uh I talked about this in one of my theses that I did for my doctorate school but kind of our pressure at least in the U.S. for school of sitting and learning and these long days of not being active isn't really helping our kids whether that's you know sensory and behavior wise but also physically and so all of these things kind of play into a part of not only shifting to educate about fitness but getting our teachers on board and doing more movement breaks and kind of shifting the learning environment too because that's primarily if kids are in school where they are most of their time so Mm. And it's funny yeah. because, uh, like, again, a kind of a COVID thing, but it's it's continued with people working remotely. As adults, I feel like we're told, go have a, like, get up and go for a walk at lunchtime, go and do this, make sure you leave your desk, make sure you get up and have some fresh air. And we're told this as adults, we think, well, hang on, you need to implement that in schools too. So I love that you've mentioned that. Do you think kind of from because like you don't coach in schools right you coach outside of schools but do you see yeah so sorry no I'm in a I'm in a private practice and so yeah so we get um primary care doctors and people will self-refer to us and occupational therapy is kind of like physical therapy and mental health kind of intertwined Mm -hmm. um so yeah I'm in a private practice so I see a lot of these um patients who come to us that have struggles from schools and stuff. So a lot of times I'm communicating with teachers and parents and about all the outside of OT Mm. things that are challenging. Yeah. And can you tell like when there's kids that maybe don't have that accessibility or movement, et cetera, at school to then to those that do? A hundred percent. I think there's, it's really rare for me to see a lot of teachers getting movement implemented into the classroom. A lot of the, the, the teachers that do are some like outside school like outdoorsy school type classrooms and then home schools and so we see a lot of kids coming in where they're having to sit for five six hours in the day and they're have behavior issues or they have outbursts or maybe we think they have ADHD now and they don't have a you know from attention to behavior to sensory issues and a lot of times I ask you know well what does their classroom situation look like And so we implement something called sensory diet, which essentially is movement-based things. Um, A lot of the time, there's some other ways too. And if we can implement those in the classroom or at home to these kids, sometimes their behaviors start to get better and they're regulated better and they can pay attention better. And so seeing the kids that do have those movement breaks, um, it's just oftentimes it's a huge difference because their brains and bodies are ready to learn versus the kids that don't get that. And, you know, sometimes they're labeled the bad kid or the kid with the disability or, you know, challenge and just really, they're just not getting, getting what they need to learn the best. So. It's so interesting. I think like, I don't work with kids now, so I probably wouldn't see it, but just looking at like my own life, I think even lots of people I know who have gone to a doctor of a medical issue they've been given kind of movement as medicine almost but actually when I when I was a child and I've gone to a doctor or I've done this or I've done that and friends of mine etc I don't think any of us were ever told go for a walk do some exercise do some fitness (laughs) like it's just not really spoken about how um like 
how passionate are you and I think you it comes across <laughs> how passionate you are in what you speak about but do you think that obviously you're trying to implement it where you guys are but like as a society as a world how important is it that we change this narrative for kids in schools I mean it's huge because obviously too kind of like we've mentioned as adults what we teach these kids now is how they're going to grow up and be as adults and so a lot of adults I also work with adult patients you know Primarily, I would say our society spends a lot of time on screens, which science uh, studies and stuff show that it's dysregulating, like it's addictive and it's dysregulating and there's a lot of benefits to it and it's the world we live in. But if it's going to kind of mess up our natural, you know, how we think and how we feel, it's it's hard as adults too. Um, and so I think, yeah, implementing this early is not only going to help with that, but uh there's a lot of studies too. And this is again, what I did my thesis on for anyone, once you move your body and do exercise, it releases a bunch of different hormones and things in your brain that not only help you learn better on that kid aspect. Um, and that's a hormone called BDNF, which is basically like a fertilizer for your, for your brain that helps you learn. Um, but it also releases things that make you like happy hormones, things that make you feel better, things that make your brain and body, you know, essentially like for people who are taking antidepressants or, you know, sometimes when people have other things that boost your um, happiness, like if you, you know, have a piece of chocolate or something like that, exercise does that same thing. So a lot of times if you ask people to how they feel after they exercised, their mood completely changes. And so there's that whole aspect too, that I think could just help shift our entire lifestyle to not only like better physically, but mentally and yeah, which... Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people could use also post-COVID. So yeah, <laughs> no, and it's like I use it so much. I I'm so open on this podcast, but like the other day, I was I will be totally honest. I was having a really bad mental health day. I was like my anxiety was through the roof. I was like, today is rubbish, and I was like, you need to get out. You need to go for a run. And I went for a run, and I came back, and I was fine. And my whole mood had changed. And sometimes I think if only someone had told me that when I was 13 years old or even younger how much and you know I'm I don't, I don't have any regrets but how many things in my life over the course of it would have shifted had I known that younger so I just I think it's so so important and I am very grateful for people like you because you are making such a difference yeah I, I mean I think that, I don't know this just made me think of too is like the things that help us move fitness wise for adults I guess that's why I'm so passionate to help with kids is because if we go tell a kid, I mean, there might be some kids, but if you go tell a kid, let's go run three miles or go do a, you know, soul crushing workout as adults, we kind of know like that makes us end up feeling better and that we can be motivated to do that. But for kids, there's a lot of things we can do to scare them away from fitness and scare mm -hmm. them away from moving their bodies if they're not successful in it. So not only does it have to be fun, but um, kind of my three pillars I talk about is fun simple and successful so it obviously has to be fun for them to want to continue to do it it has to be simple enough for them to grasp and keep doing repetitions to learn and learn and they have to be successful and if they're not successful they're not going to want to do it and so it's so important to especially as adults because sometimes we see kids with such big potential and we're like you could lift heavier you could be faster you could be better in this sport or whatever like you could do a few more rounds in the workout but it's hard to take that step back 
especially being close with kids, if you're a parent or, mm-hmm. you know, have kids in your family or lives that you want to push to take that step back to realize, well, this is not what they need right now. Like, so yeah, really keeping mm-hmm. it fun and giving parents that okay to, to take a plan B, C and D of whatever their workout was for the day or game was mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. I love that. So tell us more about the new Vault series. It's so cool. And you're obviously working with Girls Gone RX, which our lovely co-founder Lindsay runs. So tell us a little bit about that and what your mission is with that. Yeah. So the street parking vault originally was obviously for adults and it's 25 workouts and it's uh, programmed every Monday. And so for 25 weeks, you try to stay consistent and hit all of those 25 workouts. Um, And then we talked about consistency is key. So just trying to get that one workout in that week, at least to finish the vault series. Um, and then at the end, there's usually fun uh, t-shirts and things that you can get in on the online store, which they will be for kids this year, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, the goal is that to help is to help with consistency and to help with, you know, maybe the vault series is written like this, but you need to shift it and customize it to your needs, but you still get it done. So that's basically the goal is 25 weeks, 25 workouts to make sure you get them done. Um, so with the kids, it's kind of the same thing is we programmed some that are similar to the adult versions, kind of, um, with some other fun kid things thrown in. And the goal for families was to try to get kids moving for 25 weeks and get those 25 workouts done. And, um, maybe that's, we have a lot of affiliates, CrossFit gyms signed up for that, as well as teachers who've opted in in their classrooms. Um, so yeah, so obviously, they could be hardcore, get the 25 weeks, 25 workouts in, but we're really just pushing, customize it to your needs, get kids moving, get them to have fun and look forward to the next week. And um, there's been so much feedback already. It just like lights me on fire. It's so exciting to see kids looking forward to it each week. Um, and our theme this year is pirates. So like asking what's the pirate workout next week or, you know, what is it going to be? And just feeling excited to move their bodies and do it. Um, and then, yeah, so, uh, Lindsay is implementing it to all of the girls gone RX, uh, competitions. So that way the kids that are there with their parents, watching them part or watching them participate are able to hop in and kind of show off their skills and throw down a little bit too. So, yeah. I absolutely love it. Is there, obviously it was designed initially for adults with the 25 weeks, but is there kind of a method behind why 25 weeks? Um, I mean, so it's basically across six months. So I, I'd have to, I'd have to kind of ask Miranda and Julian maybe why they chose that number. Um, but it's really pushing that consistency. Um, and 25 weeks is hard in theory, Mm -hmm. right? Like six months is hard, but if you think about breaking it down to just get that one workout done a week, that's it. I mean, obviously hopefully more, but, and then scaling it to your needs. So maybe the, you know, it's, box jumps and pull-ups and deadlifts or something and you're like you know I'm gonna just do box step-ups and ring rows and like instead of deadlifts I'm gonna just do like some air squat deadlifts or use like something light you still got it done Mm -hmm. so just kind of hoping that by building across these 25 weeks even though it's hard um or it's simple to do but not easy that people start to realize like wow I can do this and they build that consistency in themselves and know that they can squeeze it in whether they're at a hotel or, you know, traveling or at home or their kids are going crazy that they can sneak it in. So it's, it's such a great idea. And you, as you say, like 25, when I, cause I was reading, I was like 25 workouts and I think actually, yeah, 25 weeks is 
it's a long time to to stick to something so it's such a great encouragement to to kids and I absolutely love that they're going to be able to go and throw down with their parents because there is nothing more fun than seeing like kids and and, and pet their parents work out together I love it and we wanted to ask you do you have any tips for all, all young kids but particularly you know young females I really was interested like you said obviously as a kid you were overweight and there's such a and I'm really passionate about this because I grew up with fitness being the devil almost because the goal was you do fitness to lose weight and to look good and you know all these years later and I'm sure you're the same fitness is a lifestyle for me it's for my mental health it's for my physical health etc but do you have any tips for you know young kids young girls as to like empower them to enjoy fitness rather than seeing potentially any kind of negative effects of it yeah I mean I think there's two things that come to mind is one if we get these young girls into fitness whether that's a fun silly mini workout while they're three as they grow up they're gonna start to realize like oh this is just something I do just like eating your vegetables or drinking water or sleeping it's just a part of your daily life so it's not that um you have to do it to lose weight um, and then I think too, with some of the older um, girls that I work with, we talk about body image a lot with parents and things. And it's just, again, a hard world of girls, especially if you're a middle school, like high school girl, but really focusing on what can your body do for you. Mm-hmm. And so fueling your body to see what it can do. And when you do the workouts, um, maybe you do the vault series and you do vault one, and then 25 weeks later, you've been consistent and you do that same vault again, because we repeat it for the the other six uh, months of the year. So they repeat all 25 weeks again, to start tracking like, wow, how have I improved or my body's gotten stronger or not comparing to other girls necessarily. But if they're on the playground, and they're like, wow, I can do the monkey bars, or I can do a handstand or I can carry my heavy backpack around or help mom and dad with the groceries, starting to really be proud of their bodies and what it can do for them instead of what it looks like, I think can be a really fun shift because obviously if you start moving your bodies often and you're moving well, aesthetic and muscle and, you know, it's just going to be supported on for most people on their bodies too. So I think instead of focusing on that aesthetic look and how your body looks and compared to other people, just focus on the performance too, just kind of gives you a, gives you a well-rounded result anyways. But yeah, language is really important too. How we talk to ourselves as adults, if, you know, maybe if I'm in the gym working out with a teenage girl next to me or some of the younger girls and I'm like, oh man, like I got to go really hard today because I ate donuts for breakfast or, you know, I'm feeling a a little pudgy today. Like the the way we talk to ourselves too, especially as adults or parents, we have to really think about because our kids are going to hear that too. Not only what we do is what they're going to do, but what we talk to ourselves is how they're going to hear it too. Especially if we are acting one way toward ourselves, but then tell them like, oh no, no, something different. They're still going to hear how we talk to ourselves. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a shift. Like it's been hard for me to like growing up and thinking about insecurities because everyone has them, but really shifting to that positive mindset and performance mindset too. So Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that about the language because that was actually going to be my next question is I think (laughs) and it's like almost like what we were saying earlier is you're you're kind of wanting to get to these kids before the world gets to them but it is the language and they're so you say they're like sponges which they are which is so great in so many ways but 
they will pick up on everything right yeah it's good and bad (laughs) (laughs) and it's so fascinating about the language so thank you so much because that is so so important so for anyone who is kind of interested in getting involved in the vault or anything you do like what can they do how can they get involved let's do the facts (laughs) yeah so it's released on the street parking youtube channel fridays every week um i also on my sp kids underscore coach brie instagram i'm posting all things uh kids whether it's tips for the week or progressions um and a lot of people message me there and ask questions and i can make a video on it and stuff um and then eventually um if you're a member at street parking there will be kids daily programming and some other fun things that I'm not really sure what we're announcing or not, but there'll be a lot of fun <laughs> things on the app that, <laughs> that I'm really excited uh, to officially come out just because I think that's going to help not only families, but again, like those teachers who've reached out and the CrossFit gyms that have reached out. Uh, but right now, just on the YouTube and then just on the Instagram for now. So. Amazing. Well, we will share everything in our show notes and across our social medias. There is one question I'm going to end with, Brie, which is something I kind of just made up on our first episode and have continued it. But what are you most looking forward to uh, within the next 12 months, whether that be street parking or personal or anything? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think 2024 is going to bring um, me and my husband some exciting new adventures, and I'm really excited for that. Um, but street parking wise, I am really excited for hopefully this kids program to launch and for people to just get access to it and share it to the world and that, yeah, hopefully we can get more people involved and more kids involved and people just feeling confident and excited about fitness. And hopefully that kind of makes a trickle effect and affects as many people as we can in a good way. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And as I say, if anyone gets involved with the vote, tag us we want to share your stories and thank you so much Brie it's been an absolute pleasure yeah thank you for having me 